It really is a joy to be with you. And these moments have become very special, I know, for each and every one of us as we pause during these moments of our week, like Sunday morning, to hear something beyond what we're going through, to hear something better than perhaps how we're even processing and trying to make life work in the course of our week. Uh, Today I want to talk to you about perseverance, and I mentioned that to you. And here's something to understand about perseverance. Every great story in life, every moment of a true win, it has a season of perseverance in it. You know, we're surrounded by remarkable people, and one of the things that's happening in this season of time is it's showing us how important relationships truly are. If you think about how we were doing life prior to this, uh, we do a lot of communication through texts, uh, we use apps, uh, we use social media. Even now, that's perhaps how some of you are, are tuning in. But none of that really tells the story of the individual. We're all surrounded by remarkable people. I mean, I'm, I'm looking at you right now, and, and many of you have remarkable stories, some of which I know well. I know them personally. They're powerful. But in life, as we go so fast, which we've been doing up until now, right, uh, as we use technology to try to connect with people, what really is happening in our world is we're slowing down and we're recognizing there are real relationships that we need. There are stories of real people that we need to know. And when we discover who those people are and we discover truly how remarkable their stories can be, we begin to appreciate not only the people, but the power of perseverance that most of us have to have and live through, not only in times like this, but really even more significant moments where we persevere, where we overcome. And we do it because of the people around us, because of the encouragement of those who truly care about us, who truly know us, and who truly support us. Perseverance, we all need it. We all need it at different seasons of life, and to accomplish anything great, to truly win, to experience the best in life, there is a moment where you and I will have to go through a season of perseverance, where something is not working out the way that we want it, the way that we plan, the way that we desire, the way that we hope, and yet we have to commit and overcome that. We have to take steps to move beyond those moments where perhaps we're down or life has changed, or we don't understand, we have to learn to persevere. And this morning I want to talk to you about it because your stories perhaps are great stories of remarkable perseverance. And perhaps after today, one of the things that you will realize, and I know this is a little weird if we look back in time, it would be weird to do this, to actually pause your life and to ask someone, what's your story? Uh, To take a moment and actually pause and say, hey, over a cup of coffee, tell me about who you really are. Now, many of us, we don't want to go there because uh, that kind of exposes perhaps things in our life that we don't want others to see. And so we'll stick with technology. We'll, We'll hide behind an image on an app. We'll hide behind our Facebook or our Twitter account or our Instagram or our snaps. We'll hide behind that. But it's not really who you are. And that's what today is showing us, that each and every one of us, there's something else to us. And the image that so many times people see, that may not be truly what's going on in the inside. And if we dig deep, 
what we're going to discover is what makes you you, what makes me me, what makes us who we really are, are the moments where we persevere. And right now, we're living in a time where we all must persevere. And so I want to show you some promises this morning, three promises about perseverance, and then I want to give you three application steps on how I, how you, how we can persevere in life. So take your Bibles. I'm going to read this passage. It's found in Romans chapter 5. I've, I've spent a lot of time in the book of Romans reading lately, and, and chapter 5 has become a very dear chapter to my heart because it talks about hope, and we need hope. And in our generation, you've perhaps even heard me recently talk a lot about hope. We need hope. But there's something that feeds hope. Hope just doesn't come blindly. Hope is fed by something greater. Hope comes from perseverance. Overcoming difficulty is what feeds the hope for our future. Coming through moments of challenge is what allows us to see something greater and to become more than we are in perhaps our most difficult moments. Romans chapter 5. Listen to this as I read it to you. The Bible says this, Therefore, since we have been justified through faith, we have, listen to this, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have gained access by faith into this grace in which we now stand. And we boast in the hope of the glory of God. And not only so, but we also glory in our sufferings. Because we know that suffering produces perseverance. And perseverance brings character. And character, hope. And hope does not put us to shame. God's love has been poured out to us, into our hearts, through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. You see, at just the right time, while we were still powerless, Christ died for the ungodly. Now, when I look at that passage, there's a lot that stands out to me, but it really teaches me about perseverance. What, what drew me to this passage originally was that phrase about hope. Hope does not put us to shame. Hope does not disappoint. And I've talked about that. Hope is a part of having faith when the world falls apart. But there's a substance to hope. There's something that feeds hope. There's something that makes our hope real and not just wishing for the best outcome no actually striving to attain the best outcome it's perseverance and perseverance is something that we practice in life although we may not understand its importance uh, many of you you're my dear friends and and we we spend time uh, doing workouts together I know many of you are out there and some of you uh, we run together and I'm going to tell you None of that is fun, right? Uh, some of you are laughing right now because you can relate to that. 
It's not fun when you stretch yourself to do something you don't want to do. But the outcome is a wonderful thing. You feel better, you begin to take care of yourself, you have more energy. That's just one of the fruits of perseverance on a practical level. Think about your job. There are some times where you don't like your job. However, in this generation, you're probably thankful that you have a job or that you had a job or that next time you get a job, you might be a little more grateful. Perseverance. Perseverance is required even in the midst of things that we may not like during a season, but perseverance will get us to the next outcome in a new season. Perseverance. Perseverance is something that happens in anything that we really desire. Something that we truly hope for and that we want. If you want to become something in your life, perseverance is required on the front side to move you along to get to the result and the goal that you desire. It's never fun in the moment. Perseverance is not fun when you have to strive and, and, and yearn for something and dedicate and sacrifice for it. It's not fun in that moment. However, the result, the glory of what's coming It makes the perseverance all worth it. And in this season of life, what a great moment to understand how our faith can stand even when the world falls apart. It requires perseverance. Yes, love, it's important. It's the greatest motivator, right? Hope, we need that. Peace, we talk about that. But perseverance is what brings all of those to reality in our life And so I want to talk to you about three promises that come through perseverance. Here's the first one. When I I read this passage, obviously, it's talking about God, and it's talking about how he works in our lives. Even for those of you who are not yet, yet there in your faith, and you haven't fully trusted him with everything that you are, it doesn't matter. This is how he works. And this is something that's important for all of us to know as we persevere in a moment like this. The first thing, when I think about the promises of perseverance, the things that are true about perseverance, when it comes to my life and your life, the first thing that God has promised when it comes to perseverance, when we practice perseverance, we begin to understand that because of perseverance, we are justified through faith. We are justified through faith. Justified means that we have been made right with God through our faith. And I want you to see how powerful that is as as the first words of this chapter are written by the Apostle Paul. And he says, therefore, having been justified by faith, that's very important to grasp in light of perseverance. Because Everything in life that we desire and that we want and we want to improve upon and and we strive toward, we will persevere with effort in that. It requires something of us. We must give our best. We must work hard. We must push forward. We must strive and yearn and, and muster up the best energy we possibly can. Everything in life is that way but God's initiative to save you. Think about it. It's the only thing that God allows in this world for you to receive freely from him by faith. 
Salvation is not something that you strive for. It's not something that you yearn that you yearn for. It's not something that you can prove to God that you deserve. We've all failed miserably at different times in life. Even if you have the best, most perfect life, there's something there that has caused you to stumble and struggle at some particular point. And even in those moments, God in his initiative loved us so much that he would justify us if we would simply have faith. The Bible even tells us that faith is a gift from God. It's something that God gives. So again, it's not something like everything else in life that we're going to work hard for. We're going to strive after. We're going to invest in. Faith begins as a gift. And Paul says, you are justified by faith. Not by your hard work. Not by your actions, not by whether you've been so good or even if you've been so bad. No, you're justified with God by faith. And faith is one of those things that comes from the heart. It's part of our being, part of our soul. It is a trust. And trust, yes, it can be expressed through actions. But the Bible here is talking about our justification. Our ability to be made right with God. And our ability to be made right with God is based on nothing more than faith. Our heart response of saying yes to God. Now isn't that a beautiful thing when compared with everything else in your life? This promise of perseverance? Because everything else in your life you're going to strive after you're going to work hard for. There are moments where you're going to fall short and you're going to feel like you failed. You're going to struggle. There are other moments where you're going to struggle and you're going to fall, but you're going to get up, you're going to push forward, and you are going to succeed. But faith is totally different. Your relationship with God is totally different. He has justified you, and the only thing that he asks in return is that you would respond with faith. How easy is that when compared with everything else? That's why I love the gospel, the good news of the scripture, the good news of Jesus, is that God has removed every obstacle and every barrier in our lives for us to not believe. I mean, he's made it so easy. He said, you are justified by faith. And that's one of the promises of perseverance. Perseverance means overcoming all these other things in our lives to get to a point where we simply trust God. And that response of trust makes us right with God, justified with God, in a relationship with God. And listen, that's the one thing you don't have to work for. You are justified by faith. You are made right with God by faith. So he's not looking at your work ethic. He's not looking at your background. He's not looking at anything that you could throw up as an excuse to not believe in him. No, you can be justified by faith. And perseverance is overcoming everything else to get to a place where we genuinely, with open hands, can say, Okay, God, I trust you. And every great story in life has a moment of faith involved in it. A moment of faith where someone is able to look beyond everything else and to see something better. 
That's what faith is like. That's what God is trying to teach you and I. And faith is a gift. It's a promise that when we persevere, when we trust him, something good, something better can happen. And it's trust. It's faith. It's simply letting go and saying, okay, God, you've got this. Here's a second promise. Not only are we justified through faith, but we also have peace with God. As Paul pens these words, he says, therefore, we are justified through faith. And as a part of that justification of our faith, we have peace with God. Now, regardless of what you're living through, regardless of how you're feeling, uh, regardless if you feel worthy or unworthy, uh, regardless if you feel like, boy, I really trust Jesus or, or I'm struggling in my faith right now. If you have a simple, small, mustard seed, tiny amount of faith, then you have been justified with God. And because of what God has done for you, what God has done for you, not what you have done for him, but because of what he has done for you through his son, Jesus Christ, you, if you have faith, you are at peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Peace, it's a promise of perseverance. Most perseverance in life is not a moment of peace. Think about it. You're stressed, you're anxious because you have a goal and you're working at it and you put forth your best and you don't know if you're going to get there or not and you're just struggling toward it and it requires mental energy, emotional energy, physical energy. You're giving everything but you don't know. That's not peace. That's normal. That's how we succeed at most things in life but in your relationship with God, that's not how it works. You can't do that. You can't earn your peace with God. You can't strive after your peace with God. Why? Because it's a gift again. You have been justified by faith, and therefore by your faith, you have peace with God. Now, isn't that a good word in our generation right now? Because I don't necessarily feel a lot of peace right now as far as the world goes. I don't necessarily feel a lot of peace sometimes in those moments of isolation, do you? No, there's, there's moments where peace of the world is fleeting. But when you realize that by faith you've been justified, you are right with God because you love Him, you trust Him, and from wherever you are, whatever you're going through, He has applied peace to you. You may not feel at peace with Him, but when He looks at you through Jesus because you trust Jesus by faith, you are at peace with God. Your soul is free. Your life is clean. And the striving that you do for everything else in your world, you don't have to do with Him because He loves you that much. That's the power of perseverance. Perseverance, overcoming things in life and realizing, wow, okay, as I trust God, I am right with Him and I'm at peace with Him. I mean, that's going to feed your life. That's going to encourage your soul. That's going to motivate you from this day forward as you know, okay, I am at peace with God. And therefore, because I'm at peace with God, I can persevere in everything else. That's a promise. And that's what he talks about here. 
He talks about not only is this peace with God, but he's very specific. Peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. So this peace to your soul, this peace to your life, it comes through your relationship with Jesus Christ. It is offered through Jesus Christ. His sacrifice on the cross, his resurrection life from the dead, and therefore you, by faith, choosing to trust him, to follow Jesus, and have the peace of Jesus, the sacrifice of Jesus, applied to your life. But not just your heart, your life. Your soul, your life, your job, your relationships, your future. The peace of God over that. When you experience peace like this, you can persevere in anything and everything. You're going to arrive at a better outcome. That's a promise. Paul talks about that. There's a third thing that stands out, and then I want to give you a few application steps. Number three, we have acceptable grace. We have acceptable grace. This is the third promise of perseverance. You see, nobody in life has it all figured out. Nobody in life has it perfect. Nobody in life is given a perfect world in which to operate and to succeed. Every single one of us is going to struggle in some way, some fashion. We sometimes think that perhaps we are immune, or the people that we love are immune, or the people that we support and that we encourage because we don't know their story, we think they're immune. But none of us are immune to struggle. None of us are immune from moments where it's so difficult that we have no choice but to persevere even when we don't want to, even when we don't feel it. And what's beautiful about what Paul writes for you and I today is that in the moments of struggle, in the moments of challenge, in the moments of realizing we are not perfect people, there is an acceptable grace. God's grace, his favor, his mercy, his compassion, his understanding, his character of who he is toward us, that grace is much needed in our moments of challenge to not get down on ourselves, to not beat ourselves up, to not put someone else down, to say, well, I would never or they should have never. No, we, we're able to move beyond that because there is an acceptable grace from God that covers who we are as people. Wow. To be justified with God, it's not about how good we can be or how bad we've been. It's by faith. To have peace with God it's about God, what he did through Jesus for us, not what we do for ourselves. This is different than the perseverance of the world required in our jobs, relationships, and struggles. But in the midst of being all of these things, there's grace. There's God's grace over who you are. And look, in these days, I understand there's mental challenges, emotional challenges, physical challenges, there's a lot of turmoil that perhaps many of you are feeling and going through, and I understand that. There's grace. There's grace. When you don't know what your job is going to be tomorrow or next month, or you don't know what the fall is going to look like, there's grace. When you're not sure that you feel really good about yourself or your life or your life direction, there's grace. When things are not going the way that you want them to go, but yet in the moment you have no choice but to keep walking one step at a time, one day at a time, there's grace. And that grace is not just 
a simple, oh, let me feel better type of life. No, that is God's covering. That is God's initiative. That is God's desire for you. That's how he operates toward his children. And when I read this passage and I talk about what it means to persevere, Paul writes this, through Jesus we have gained access by faith into this grace in which we now stand. Wow! We have by faith accessed the grace of God in which we now stand. My friend, you can stand in the covering of God's grace. My friend, you can persevere because of the power of God's grace. You don't have to look back in fear or doubt or discouragement. You can stand in the grace of God. And yes, perseverance will allow you to look forward because the grace of God is covering your life. That is a promise. We can stand in grace When you can't stand in anything else, maybe you can't even stand yourself, or maybe in this time the people around you, you can stand in grace. And we have an acceptable grace. We don't find that too often in the lives of people. I mean, we as people, we are pretty judgmental. Uh, We make assumptions. We have our own bias. We have our own culture. We have our own way of doing things, and therefore... If someone doesn't measure up according to the way we view it, we pass an opinion. We judge them in some capacity. God doesn't do that. God's grace is an acceptable grace to know where you came from, what you're going through, how you're wired, what you're thinking, and he can work with that. Isn't that good? God can work with that. And he can use that in your life right now today to help you persevere and overcome for tomorrow. That's the power of perseverance. It brings faith to life. It allows us to experience peace in the midst of turmoil. And yes, it allows God's grace to become real. That in the midst of whatever it is, whatever struggle you're going through, and Paul wrote about that, struggles. There's grace. God's grace in the midst of your challenge. We all need that. And so that brings me to three steps on how to persevere. I mean, all of that truth is important for you and I, but, but how does it work? How can I apply that to my life? Well, in this passage, there are some things that are obvious, and I just kind of want to highlight them for us because this will help you and I persevere. When the world's falling apart, when it doesn't seem like it's working out, you can persevere. And here's one way that you can do it. Number one, when I think about perseverance and I think about what I'm going through what you're going through when we ponder our difficulties and the thoughts the decisions we have to make the pathways forward can it work out will it work out I want you to stop when you go through a moment of challenge difficulty of your thinking or your actions I want you to stop and I want you to start with Jesus I want you to start with Jesus perseverance how can I persevere number one I want to start with Jesus. Why? Well, in this passage, as Paul writes about suffering, as he writes about perseverance and character and hope, he talks about when Jesus, at the right time, died for the ungodly. Now, I want to start with Jesus. 
Because when I think about how difficult things may be for me, when you think about how difficult things may be for you, when you go through a challenge, I, I want you to pause and I want you to think about Jesus. I want you to start with Jesus. For me to persevere, I've learned to start with Jesus. Why? Because anything that I go through, anything that you go through, Jesus understands it. He is there with us. And quite frankly, even the Son of God himself was not immune to suffering. He was not immune to difficulty. Start with Jesus. Why? Well, was Jesus ridiculed at different seasons of his life? Yes. Did they make fun of Jesus at different seasons of life? Yes. Did people reject Jesus? Yes. Did Jesus go through difficulties in this world? Yes. You think about the moments that we just celebrated at Easter, what he went through and the cross that he bore on behalf of people who would not appreciate it. That's difficult. And yet Jesus did it all the way to a cross and he died for you and for me to give us hope, life, peace, to grow in us faith. Jesus did all of that. So I want to help you with something. If Jesus can do it, so can you. Do you hear me? If Jesus can persevere because he sees something at the end that is worth persevering through, then so can you. We can persevere when we start with Jesus because when I think about someone else who perhaps has gone through more than anyone else, and yes, you may think of someone in your family, you may think of a friend, uh, you may think of a role model, or you may have seen something on YouTube, wow, that person overcame a lot and it helps me overcome a lot. But listen, the Son of God left heaven to die on a cross for me and for you. And he experienced all the agony of defeat in this world because of our brokenness as people. He took it all on himself. Why? To overcome. He persevered through all of it. Why? To save you and me. That's what he did. He overcame. So if I want to overcome, if I want to persevere, I want to start with Jesus. I want to think about what he went through. And therefore, that will give me the motivation to know, you know, I can get through whatever it is that I'm walking through as well. And he's with me in the midst of it. I can persevere when I start with Jesus because he did it. He's with me. And as his son or daughter, I can rise above too. Isn't that good? It's a practical way to help you and I persevere in the moments of challenge. There's a second step that I think about when I read this passage. Not only do I want to start with Jesus, I want to pick a target of hope. I want to pick a target of hope. I want to pick something out there that allows me to persevere right here. I want something in front of me that I'm aiming for that allows me to keep moving toward that so that I can push through the difficult moments that I may be feeling or facing. That happens when I run. I have to see something down there and I pick a target and I go toward it even when I don't like it. When I'm, when I'm with some of my friends and, and we're doing workouts and things like that, I, I have to remember this is the last set. Yes, I can do this. I pick a target. In life, when you have something out there in the future that you can hope for, 
You've picked a target and you can lean in and you can direct your life toward that target. It gives you something to push through the difficulty of the moment to arrive at in your future. And that's picking a target of hope. The Bible says hope does not disappoint. You will not be disappointed when you hope in what God has for you out there in the future. There is something better out there, but you have to persevere in the present. And most of the times, we don't see in our present what the goal or the hope is out there. We don't know what it is, but by persevering in the present, by setting a target, a goal of hope out there, that this is what I know or this is what I'm looking for. And sometimes you may know and you work hard toward it and you're going to get there. Sometimes you don't know what it is, but you hope. When you have a target, a goal of hope, you can persevere. Jesus had a goal. The goal of all of his suffering was to save you and me. That was his goal. And he's accomplished it for a lot of people throughout history, and he will continue to do that. He will continue to empower empower people like you and me in this life because we trust him and we're at peace with him. We know him well. That's the goal of hope that Jesus had before him. And therefore, when I apply that to my life, and I think about him, and yes, he made it through, so I can too. Yes, he had a goal, so I can too. That helps me persevere in the midst of challenge. Here's the third thing. Remember this. Perseverance brings glory. This is the third action step or the third moment of application for you. When you want to persevere through something, perseverance brings glory. In this passage, there there was a weird phrase, and I don't know if you picked up on it or not, but it said, we exult, we boast, we glory in our sufferings. When's the last time you gloried in your suffering, right? (laughs) When's the last time you're like, boy, this suffering is amazing. I'm so grateful for it. We don't live that way, but there's glory in suffering. You see, when you move through suffering, you accomplish something greater on the backside. When you persevere in the moment of challenge, you come out of the season of challenge and you move into a new season of life with new opportunities and new victorious moments ahead. Perseverance brings glory. And when I remember that perseverance brings glory, then I'm able to back up to the moment I'm in with the challenges or the opportunities of the moment that I'm in. And I'm able to seize them, seize them, and I'm able to commit to them, and I'm able to push through the difficulty knowing that there's something better out there. There is a glory ahead, and I can't see it yet, but by what I do in this moment of perseverance, it's going to bring that reality one day to my life and to your life. That's perseverance. And in this passage, what I love about it is the reward of perseverance comes after you persevere, not before. The reward of your perseverance comes in your moment of suffering, not in your moment of glory. The rewards come after you persevere. And and in this passage, what the Apostle Paul concluded in verse 6 is this, at the right time, Christ died for the ungodly. Now that's me, that's you, that's all of us. Moments where we have not been godly, right? We have not been like God. 
But at the right time, God took care of that. At the very specific moment, at a very specific point in time, Christ died for the ungodly. You're living in a very specific moment of time right now. And in your moment of time, it requires perseverance at the right time. God knows what he's doing. He's running right according to schedule. He's right on time. And at the right time, he sent Jesus. But also, he taught us that our sacrifices and our struggles in the present, because of the right time that we're going through with the right response, there is a glory in the future. And you can glory in this current moment. You can struggle in this current moment, but you can aim for something that is better that is out there because there's glory that comes not only in the struggle and the suffering, but there's a greater glory that comes on the backside of your perseverance. And so those are three promises and those are three application steps that will help you and I today persevere. And we do this because of one final thing. And I close with this. This whole passage is not just a motivational passage. It's about something that comes from the inside. Perseverance comes from the inside. And how do you have that? Well, we can persevere because of this. God is with us. We can persevere when we know and we remember that God is with us. You can persevere because God is with you. In this passage, it says, at the right time, Christ died for the ungodly. And he talks about the fact that God has poured out his love to us into our hearts through his spirit. God will dwell in our hearts and in our lives. So that internal power of perseverance, it comes because God is within you. When you've trusted him by faith, when you're at peace with him through Jesus, when you are the kind of person who's trusting him to work this out, even in the midst of challenge, you will overcome and persevere because God is with you. Can I pray for you this morning? Father, I thank you for your people, for your children, for your sons and daughters, as we have taken some time, not only to look at ourselves, but to hear from you. And God, I pray you will speak the truth of the power of perseverance to grow our faith. That for every person here listening in this moment, hearing these words, that their faith will grow and their perseverance will grow and that you will bring the rewards of perseverance to their lives. God, we want to glory in our suffering so that we may glory in our victorious moments. And so we draw near to you right now. And we thank you for who you are and for what you've done. Most of all, we thank you for Jesus. And it's in his name we pray. Amen. So today, as you've tuned in, I, I want to say thank you. And, and let me be very clear. If you have yet to begin a relationship personally with Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, all of the things that I read and talked about today are yours when you take that step of faith. So I would encourage you, you can even do so right now. You could comment or respond. You could send us an email. You could go to our website and you could say, hey, I want to take the next step of faith in my relationship with Jesus. Look, we, we have our online church and we have Calvary at home. Go to our website because our website will give you tools to help you stay connected and grow in your faith during this season of life. And I want to thank you for our partners in giving. 
Many of you today, you continue to give and you give faithfully. Thank you for that. And if you're interested in becoming one of those and continuing to support this ministry in moments like this, where we bring the word of hope, unlike many in our generation and our culture, we're bringing real life and the real word of God to people. If you want to partner with us in that, go to our website. There's information there for you on how you can partner with us in giving of your time, your talents, your treasures, yes, and of your resources financially. And thank you for doing that. It's making a huge difference in our generation, isn't it? And now, one of the things that we do so well is we work with families and we work with kids all the time. It's what we love to do here at Calvary. And so moms, dads, family, gather your kids. And we're going to go right now with Pastor Stephen and begin our Jumpstart ministry to the children right there gathered in your home.